Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association, where Dr. Jeffrey Carr is our board chair, and Rudolph Johnson III is our president and CEO. Our vision, our desired community impact, is really about um, building a healthy community, so we'd say healthy and educated communities, where dreams become reality, and our mission Enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness services. We hope today's episode and every episode of Leadership Matters offers value-added and thought-provoking ideals for advancing emerging and current leaders. So, our um, topic today has just shifted a little bit. We look forward to bringing to you uh, Tony Moore, who's a cultural architect and speaker and author of... Culture in 4D. And Tony's going to talk to us about his new book, The Blueprint for Culture, uh, for a Culture of Engagement, Ownership, and Bottom Line Performance. He's been delayed in joining us. So I'm going to move forward with just kind of like responding to some initial general thoughts around uh, maybe this topic and then uh, maybe culture humility and effectiveness. I guess I'll talk about culture in general, like what is culture. Uh, when we kind of think about uh, culture, what are some things that come to mind? I think one of the definitions that I really um, like came from a textbook I had way back when I was studying to be a cultural psychologist. It was a, a culture and psychology book. I'm trying to recall the name, but I it, uh, it's not coming to me. But the definition was a dynamic system of rules, explicit and implicit, established by groups in order to ensure their survival, involving attitudes, values, beliefs, norms, behaviors, shared by a group but harbored differently by each specific unit within a group, communicated across generations, relatively st- stable, but with the potential to change over time, and say across time. I like that definition because when we think about explicit and implicit rules that are um, within the culture, it reminds us that sometimes things are very explicitly stated, and other times things are not stated, yet it's real important for us to figure out how to help people be aware of them and how for us to become aware of them so that we can be successful um, and really become in tune with what's not spoken, but yet it's really at play within the dynamics of the organization. And within that organization, the attitudes, the things that are held as being important, the beliefs, the norms, the behaviors, all play out in such a way where every unit within the organization might be felt and experienced a little different based on what the leader is doing within the organization. Because very often the formal leader as well as the informal leaders are really impacting the life of each group within the organization. So you may have a large organization like the Neighborhood House Association and one department, let's say our Head Start department, and even each site um, 
within the the um, organization might have a different experience based on how their supervisor, how their area director, how their um, VP shows up within the dynamics of that uh, work group, which might be different than our social service programs, who might experience life differently based on their organizational leadership. And um, hopefully there's some uniting factors that we're driving from the top of the organization that brings about some sense of continuity and that there are some threats that are continuous and felt regardless of where one is sitting within the organization. And so I think when we talk about the organizational culture, we have to kind of keep in mind, you know, what are we doing on a day-to-day basis that's really impacting how people are experiencing the world around us. I like to um, kind of put out there and ask people, and, and I'll ask our listening audience just to think about, you know, what are some things that you'd like to see more of within the organization's culture? Because I think the, the um, travel to establishing an organizational culture that um, is going to work for you starts with really envisioning what should that culture look like, uh, be like, feel like within the organization. I know that there's a lot of publications, one that comes to mind that really says um, culture eats strategy for lunch, uh, really kind of emphasizing how you may have a really good strategy, you've maybe done some great strategic planning, and what might be undermining or creating challenges to accomplishing well-intended strategies may really be the culture. So this uh, nebulous thing that we call culture, when we're not intentional about it, it can be at play in ways that aren't helpful for us, but when we can become very intentional about the culture that we're creating, it can be very helpful. So if we were to say, what are some things you'd like to see in the culture? Because again, that's where it starts, is us being intentional about thinking about it. What are some things that you might think of? And in the words of Gandhi, we'd say, be the change you wish to see. Because we say the culture really becomes what's being modeled, supported, and rewarded. Those three things, if if all three of them are done and they're done very intentional, it can really support developing a culture that's consistent with your vision. So if there's something that I want to see, then what do I need to model? And modeling is, you know, what should I say or what should I do? Again, that starts with my vision. You know, I want to observe what needs to be there, reflect on it, you know, get some input. Um, integrate my thinking with what it is I've observed, what it is I've heard, and then clarify our hopes for the future with regards to what the cultural context, what the cultural experience should be for organizations, for clients, for everyone that comes um, in contact with our organization. And then we want to enroll others in that vision. I think it was Martin Luther King, he said, um, a genuine leader is not a searcher of consensus, but a molder of consensus. So really getting others to enroll in that cultural context. I say one of the um, cultural elements here at Neighborhood House is a culture of service excellence. We want everyone to embrace the um, the attitude, um, the actions, the behaviors, the experience that would have someone that encountered us feel as if they received uh, service excellence, be it an internal 
um, client or an external client, employees serving each other or serving the community, vendors coming in, in contact with us. You know, what does that service excellence really look like? And we say uh, service excellence is consistently delivering exceptional service that demonstrates I care and builds a positive reputation and support for the organization. We're going to talk more about this modeling, supporting, and rewarding um, culture when we return. It looks like we need to do a, a brief uh, commercial break. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. 
Okay, and we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I'm your host for today, and we were expecting to have Tony Moore join us, and he still may join us. He's been delayed, but in the meantime, I'm going to just begin with some foundation pieces around culture and look forward to having a fuller conversation with Tony when he arrives today or perhaps in a um, later episode if he's not able to join us today. So before break, I was talking about um, culture with regards to developing a a culture, be it a workplace culture or any culture, you know, how can we be mindful of what it is we want to see? And we said the culture becomes a sum total of what's being modeled, supported, and rewarded. And so we talked a little bit about modeling, and I'll say a few more things on that, and we'll move on and talk about support and rewarding. What does that look like? Um, again, I want to be intentional about these things as a leader so that the culture doesn't have a life of its own, but it has a life that's aligned with what it is we're trying to accomplish in our vision. And with that, we'll say, you know, one of um, the other uh, fabulous leaders that I've had a chance to work with uh, through my life as an um, organization effectiveness specialist is um, Frank Belock, who used to work with the city of San Diego. And Frank used to say that a good communication plan was making sure they know, making sure they care. And an important part of the um, bringing forth a culture is to be able to ensure that what it is we say and what it is we do, that we're in alignment with our vision and that we're communicating in such a way that others know and care and can join us in that journey. So again, what do I need to say? What do I need to do to model the culture that I'm envisioning that we want to see? If it's more of service excellence, then how do I um, come up with a conversation around service excellence that makes sense so that I am communicating it in a way that's consistent with other leaders and I make it easy for them to communicate it as well. I'll say about maybe, uh, gosh, it's been 10 years since I started with Neighborhood House Association and one of the things that our president and CEO had a lot of concerns about at that point was um, customer service. And so the executive team we went through a process, and um, and the goal was to really come up with some like minds around what is service excellence, how we wanted to define it, and I would do what we call pass it on, pass it on messages uh, with our executive team. I'd say, you know, we're going to discuss this as a team, and and then give them a handout so that they could discuss it with their team, so that everyone eventually have the same definition around service excellence, and it is consistently delivering exceptional service that demonstrates I care and builds a positive reputation and support for the organization. And the I care was integrity, courtesy, attentiveness, responsiveness, and excellence. And so with everyone, if we could have all the leaders um, talking about it and then enroll others so that we have a critical mess talking about service excellence and its importance, then again, we're modeling it and hopefully that which we are saying and doing catches on. And then we say support it. Uh, Support is kind of like putting your money where your mouth is, putting your resources where your mouth is, putting energy, you know, um, into that which it is you're wanting to see. And that can look like um, 
uh, in addition to investing resources, time and energy, staff development. You know, if we are asking someone to do something, if I'm asking you to provide service excellence, then what does that look like? And um, sometimes staff aren't performing a certain way because they don't know how. So we established an eye care academy, and the eye care academy was designed to really develop the competence and the confidence and to build the will around performing service excellence. And then making sure that we aligned it with our performance evaluations so that there is a um, clear and explicitly stated expectation around this particular behavior that we wanted to see more of. So that alignment became real important and having goals, performance objectives um, that, again, aligned with the, um, in our case, the vision of what we wanted to see, which was um, service excellence. And then if we are going to be intentional, again, if I'm modeling it, but I'm not helping people understand how to do it, I'm not likely to get that culture shift. And even if I model it and I support it, but again, I'm not um, encouraging others. You know, some people are intrinsically motivated. Others are extrinsically motivated. They get motivated by us um, doing something that actually rewards and acknowledges that behavior. So we want to be able to engage all employees. And so how do we acknowledge and create value around that which we want to see? Because we know that human beings are intentional beings. We're psyches. Psyche just means that we are an intentional being. Intentional beings do things that are of value to them. And so what are some ways that we can reward and acknowledge what we'd like to see more of in the culture. It may be simple, like an expression of, of thank you or a compliment or positive feedback around a, a behavior that we want to see continued. Um, it might be connecting some type of tangible reward um, to that particular performance. We established what we call um, service excellence shout-outs, where if an employee saw somebody else doing something that they thought would be, uh, or that demonstrated service excellence, that that person would send a service um, excellence shout-out to the person who demonstrated the service excellence, and um, both the person who took the time to acknowledge the other person and the person who demonstrated service excellence, their names were put on our wall of excellence, and at our all-staff meetings, they had an opportunity to receive um, a... um, you know, their names would go into an opportunity drawing so that they could receive some type of incentive and uh, reward for that behavior. So, again, really making it very clear about our valuing that particular um, behavior and wanting to see it further um, duplicated. So, again, being mindful about what it is we're modeling, what it is we're supporting, and what it is we are rewarding and that we're, again, wanting to see so, uh, with that, I say I'm kind of giving you the the one example around service excellence, but it can certainly be around anything that you would want to see more of within your organization. I think more recently, one of the things that we've worked quite a bit with the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities on was. Um, the whole idea around creating more inclusive workplaces and how in our sector as public and nonprofit organizations really being able to raise the awareness around creating um, cultures that are inclusive 
and that are, um, let's say, that are inclusive and that, you know, that are equitable um, is real important. And so lots of different ways to kind of go on that particular journey. But I think I'd like to talk a little bit about that as we see if Tony's going to join us or not in this hour. So I'm going to pull up a reference piece that I might look at to kind of have that conversation as well. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And again, this is a little different than what we had intended on talking about. And if Terry, if um, Tony joins us, we'll go back to that. But I am going to talk about um, a leader's role in developing a culture of equity. And when we talk about equity, a lot of times we might think of... Um, Equity and equal being like the same, and you know, part of the difference is really supporting people and um, from a space of you know what they need, and the needs may be different, and so it may not necessarily be that giving everyone the same is going to create a situation where people have um, have equitable opportunity. So. Um, just something to kind of think about. And this whole concept of, um, of creating environments where, where there's inclusion, creating environments where things are equi- equitable, kind of frame that around our role as nonprofit and profit leaders and, and, um, and public leaders to demonstrate ethical leadership. And we say ethical leadership is a process by which a good person rightly influences others to accomplish a common goal to make the world better, fairer, and more humane. And I think in that space is a um, direct connection to a leader's role in developing a culture of um, equity. We kind of talked a little earlier about a definition of culture and how it's developed. But I want to talk about a framework that allows us to be intentional about um, moving and advancing toward in a very intentional way um, around creating this culture of equity. And the framework I'm going to use is a framework around cultural humility, which really is framed around the work that Dr. Melanie um, I want to say her name was um, Turvalon and Jan uh, Murray Garcia. I think they were pioneers in kind of uh, reframing this, the work around cultural competence into cultural humility. Not to say that there's anything wrong with cultural competence, because I think that there's um, definitely a need. And, and cultural competence is framed in a lot of different ways. Um, many look at it as learning about others. And that's part of it, and cultural competence in its pure essence would also include learning about yourself and how you impact others. But sometimes in the translation and the work that's done around cultural competence, we forget the um, our role in, in that space. So I'm going to shift to this model of cultural humility that helps us to be very inclusive about our impact as well as others um, in this space. So it sounds like we need to take another commercial break, but when we come back, I'll talk more about the leader's role in creating this culture of equity. If Tony joins us, we'll go back to um, 
the space that we were going to be in, but I will um, otherwise just come back and continue the conversation with you, really talking about a culture of equity and using this framework of culture humility to do so. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. 
And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions, continuing the conversation. Uh, Tony, if you happen to be out there and can join us, you're still welcome to call in. I know he was delayed, so may not be able to make it uh, today. We'll look at having the conversation we were going to have on how to change um, the culture to change outcomes at another date when he is able to join us. But in the meantime, we're continuing with the conversation on creating, I should say really, a leader's role in um, creating a culture of equity. So we've talked about what is culture and how a culture is developed um, and a little bit about what equity is and why equity is um, important in this realm uh, as it relates to um, public and uh, nonprofit leadership uh, specifically. Obviously, I think it's important to everyone, but certainly those of us who serve at the um, in an arena where we really it's, it should be about what's good for our communities, it's even um, more important. So um, back to this framework, we talked about culture humility. There's um, three buckets or areas I'm going to um, share with you, and, and this is really from the mindset of how do we support being intentional in our advancement towards a culture of equity. So in this first bucket, it really talks about lifelong learning and critical self-reflection. And when we talk about lifelong learning and critical self-reflection, again, I think the lens of cultural competence probably um, started with there's a lot of um, thinking around our knowledge of and consideration of others. This lens is really thinking about um, our being aware of how we show up and how we impact others and taking some time to really reflect and become um, very aware of our own values, of our own intrapersonal um, abilities with regards to our ability to self-regulate, our interpersonal skills, how do we engage others, are there past experiences that are, and trauma maybe that we've experienced that somehow shows its head in a way that's not helpful in our experiences with others, and are there some implicit biases and just even explicit biases um, that impact the way that we show up, the decisions that we make, and the behaviors that we engage in um, within and across differences. So it's, this is really about our just continuing to self-reflect on do I... Um, um, show up in a way that's helpful, that's consistent with the values, you know, what's real important. Um, Am I engaging in a way that um, reflects helping to make the world better, fairer, and more humane? So do I need to check myself in any of those um, areas as relates to how I'm um, engaging with others? Um, say a little bit more about the implicit um, biases. I think there's a lot being said and done um, relative to this whole term. Um, I I think for a long time um, in our society, we've talked about a lot of different isms, be it racism, sexism, um, classism, lots of isms. And um, I think people respond sometimes very negatively 
to the thought that they are classist or racist or or bigot or whatever that may be, and those those terms seem to be very loaded. I think we've stepped back um, from that. I, I think the thinking also in the situations is that those things are very much, and people have, like, you know if you're sexist, you know if you're racist, you know if you're blah, 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 and that, and someone may be denying that they're this or denying that they're that. And what we've come to really appreciate is that someone may not have an explicit bias, a bias that they are fully aware of. However, they can have been um, exposed, nurtured, developed somewhere along their journey. These um, implicit biases, these unconscious um, thoughts that can impact their behavior. And we want um, everyone to be aware of that we all have them. We all have um, unconscious thoughts that can impact what we say and do, as well as obviously um, their conscious thoughts that we have that can be um, those things that I uh, talked about with regards to isms. Um, With implicit biases, what we recognize is that um, very often these things are not engaged in um, consciously or from a space of ill will. And But if we acknowledge that they're there, it positions us to be able to manage them. I had a manager that was part of a training last week that said they had a staff person that said something that was horrible. And I said, well, what was the awful statement that they made? And they said, why don't you want to say it? It's so, so horrible. And I said, well, say it for our learning. And the, the statement that she said um, was that she had a staff person that was serving in her community um, organization that said that um, being gay is a sin, is what she said was a horrible statement. And um, and because this person felt that way, her thought was that the person needed to be fired. And I said, well, that, <clears throat> that makes no sense. <clears throat> what makes sense is to say that um, here's a person who has a bias, and that person needs to then be asked, can they check their biases? Um, and the fact that they are aware of their bias gives them a head start towards someone who actually may not be aware of bias, may deny they have biases, um, and that person's more likely to act out on them. So the person who owns their bias, you can ask that person, and they can ask themselves, you know, am I able to still treat my coworkers, the clients, the people I engage in a way that is fair, in a way that is um, compassionate, um, respectful, you know, or am I not able to do so? Am I going to discriminate against this person and um, because of my own biases? And if they cannot check their biases, then yeah, they should not be there serving. If they can check their bias, then... Uh, then that's a good thing because we all have biases. So the goal is to be aware of them so that I can check myself and say, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, Let me just make sure that um, this action that I'm about to take is, um, is fair and is the right thing to do. And I think that's the whole um, thinking around the movement that we see around people becoming aware that they have implicit biases. And it's not to say that because you have an implicit bias, you're not um, suitable for service 
as much as you have an implicit bias, so you want to be aware of it, so that, and, and even if you're not aware of it, you want to be aware that they are there so that you can check yourself. So before I do anything that may in any way be harmful, damaging um, toward anyone else, limiting toward anyone else, let me make sure that this is a fair um, and equitable um, action before I take it. So lifelong learning, critical self-reflection. Next area, as it relates to culture humility, really looks at recognizing and challenging power imbalances for respectful partnerships. And, um, you know, in this space, we really want to think about um, how do we use our privilege? How do I use my authority? Um, Am I showing up in a way that I am open to inviting others in and in a way that's respectful and inclusive of the voice that others may need to bring to a decision-making situation or partnership? Um, Am I even aware of my privilege? And um, am I aware of the impact that my authority may have or my power may have in a situation that might have others feel minimized or not able to contribute. So, um, you know, privilege, power, influence, how do I manage myself with these dynamics in a way that creates respectful partnerships so that that client feels that they can come in and share their story and create a treatment plan with a counselor. Um, you know, same thing with regards to educators. You know, if I'm a teacher, do I um, tell a parent about their child before I create space, or do I also, as they create space, to hear from a parent and to hear from the child about about themselves? So. Um, you know, what's my, am I the, you know, I'm the trained professional, so I know it all, or do I say I bring my knowledge um, in this space, I bring my authority in this space, and I can hold it in a way that still creates space um, in a wanting to hear from others, and, um, and others feel as if the, the space has been created for them to share. So respectful partnerships. This um, third area in this space of culture humility is about institutional accountability. And when we talk about institutional accountability, we're really looking at, you know, the, the, um, the policies, the, um, the practices, the procedures that are in place. And, you know, we'll talk more about that a little bit after uh, the commercial break. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. And we are um, talking about a leader's role in fostering a culture of um, equity. And we've kind of talked about those, um, say, two of the buckets uh, with regards to uh, this discussion. Um, And we're moving into looking at institutional accountability. I think before I um, jump with both feet into the accountability bucket and then maybe just kind of go into some summary, I want to have us just um, also reflect on, you know, how do we use our privilege? I think that that's, um, when I think about that, I think it's hard for me to even reflect on that without thinking of Shirley Weber. I recall a discussion that... um, I had with her actually on an earlier um, episode, but it it stemmed from me watching her uh, present at a, a luncheon where she was challenging people to consider uh, 
you know, how do they use their privilege? Do I use my privilege in a way that is uh, to the benefit of others, or do I use my privilege in a way that just benefits me? And um, and 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 kind of liking that to the journey of uh, Martin Luther King's um, travels and saying, you know, those of us who actually look at our power and our authority and, and we use the privilege that we get in those spaces in a way that really supports um, ethical leadership with regards to helping to really foster uh, making things in the world better, fairer, and more humane, then we're part of Martin Luther King's dream, and for those of us who actually get more authority and more power and more influence, and we use that privilege in a way that simply benefits ourselves, we have to think, have we become part of of not the dream, but a nightmare? So, how are we using our privilege, and and, um, and does, do we um, engage in such a way um, in our usage that we really are um, creating and fostering a space of greater inclusion and and, um, equitable, uh, I might say, partnerships, respectful partnerships uh, with and for others. Okay. And lastly but not least, what we were um, about to talk uh, talk about before the commercial break was really this last bucket of institutional accountability. And I think that is summed up with really um, saying to ensure that our systems, that our policies, and that our practices are fair and just. So being being conscientious about uh, and intentional about checking for things that may have become just um, part of what we do and making sure that in in doing so, that we don't just do what we've done because it's a practice um, and we haven't really peeled back to say, how is this practice or how is this policy or how are these systems that we've put in place impacting um, our organization and those within and that we serve um, through them. So, um, again, something to just uh, ponder and consider. I want to... Um, step back also, and we talked about inclusion, but when we think about um, inclusion, you know, what are some things that kind of go into place with that if we're talking about a culture of inclusion? So some components to think about is, you know, what is, is it that I should continue to do? What might I do more of? What might I do differently to really address um, these um, components? I'm just going to go through them. One is, you know, am I engaging in a way where people feel safe? Physically, they feel safe. Psychologically, they can express opposing opinions without um, fear. They feel like they have full membership in the group. Second component is feeling involved and engaged. So what do I do to help people feel, again, that they're insiders and that they have access to information and resources that can help them um, do their jobs and feel like they're part of the teams and they're... they're, um, Roles and responsibilities are clear uh, for engagement. And um, what do I do to help people feel respected and valued, um, that they really um, are cared about, that they are viewed as um, offering important information uh, to the organization or uh, providing um, services that are... um, that are definitely valued and that people care about them. So, you know, what do I do to help people really feel, again, 
uh, respected and valued um, to let them know that they can be trusted and that they are cared about. And then what about feeling influential? Do I let others' ideals and perspectives influence the group? Do I let them participate in decision-making? Do I engage in a way where people feel as if their perspectives are heard on issues that are important to them and the work that they're carrying out? So um, that that component of feeling influential. And then the next component would be around feeling authentic and whole. So do I allow others to really be kind of true to themselves and um, encourage honesty and transparent engagement um, so that people can feel like they can be open and um, and then recognizing and attending to and honoring diversity. So uh, do I treat others in a way that um, I acknowledge their contributions and there's not discrimination? And then lastly but not leastly, just embracing diversity um, and the barriers to inclusion. So if I see things that are um, not consistent with embracing others, do I, you know, hit it head on um, so that ethnocentrism, prejudice, stereotypes, and privilege don't become barriers to inclusion within the organization. So just some things to think about. Again, uh, Tony, we've missed you today. We've kind of moved through the ses- through today's session, hopefully that our listening audience got some value from tuning in today, but we look forward to your joining us at another day. Uh, thank you, thank you as always to those who tune in and um, and uh, support Leadership Matters. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. <laughs>